Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Simmons and welcome to the Happy Vagina podcast. Coming up we have Erica Lust, erotic filmmaker who has dedicated her entire life to reclaiming and reframing pornography into the female gaze. But before we start I just wanted to say something about pornography and addiction. We understand that pornography can be complicated whether individually or within a relationship the current guidelines suggest that porn addiction is more likely a symptom rather than a cause of a deeper underlying issue. If you feel like you or a loved one may be struggling, you are not alone. There are places you can go for support and we urge you, please make sure you reach out for help. Welcome to The Happy Vagina, a podcast dedicated to celebrating pioneers in the female space who've made a difference in women's health, equality and relationships. Each week we chat to an inspiring human as they explore the experiences that completely change their outlook, promising not only to educate but also entertain and enlighten. And today on The Happy Vagina we have the absolute honour to have Erica Lust with us. Erica, welcome to The Happy Vagina. Thank you very much. Did I say your last name right? Well, you know, it's always funny when when, when people are are going for different kind of pronunciations. I mean, I would, I'm Swedish. I was born in Stockholm and I would say Erika Lust. But when when we talk, when I talk to to, to people in English, normally what people say is Erika Lust. Erica, I mean, what a God-given name. I mean, mean, why bother bother correcting anyone? No, I think it's it's a wonderful name. It's a a name really englobing the whole idea of of what I wanted to work with, you know. Lust, this powerful Mm. feeling Mm. of something that you Mm. really, really want. And Mm. I think that that especially for women... Mm. It's kind of a way of of uh, of daring to go for something that we have not been encouraged to go for. And as we say at the Happy Vagina, to stay wild. Erica, you are a Swedish erotic film director, screenwriter and producer. And since the debut of your first indie erotic film, The Good Girl, which was back in 2004, you have been absolutely instrumental in promoting the aims of the feminist pornography movement through capturing the female gaze and a dedication to female pleasure. We've kind of already started, but let's just go back to that conversation. How did you come to be working in this field? It's a long story. It's a really long story. It started, I mean, it started really when I was a young adult. I was uh, at university. I was studying political science and uh, I was curious about about sex, like everyone. And and I did watch porn. And when I was watching porn, 
it felt to me somehow that it wasn't it wasn't that easy as it seemed like for many of my male friends you know they were watching porn they were enjoying it they had a good time and that was it but for me it was more complex than that. I kind of, I liked it and I didn't like it. I felt like the women mostly were used as some kind of, of beautiful objects or some kind of, of vehicles to male sexuality. They were there to, to give pleasure, but it was not really their stories that were being told. And it felt to me that that there was something not really working. And then what I did was I had I had many, many conversations with friends, with male friends and female friends. And, and, and I, I, I kind of came to the conclusion that for men, porn was not really something they were thinking that much about. It was just something they were using. But for most women, there was a conflict in porn. So it wasn't only me. We were many of us having the same kind of conflict. And I was I was studying political science, gender studies, you know, I was a lot into deconstructing the world and trying to understand power structures and how things kind of were organized in society. And I I just couldn't stop thinking about if if there was a way that it could be done differently. And it mm. just seemed to me when I started to 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 read up more about it that 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 it was so uh, focused on male pleasure because it was really a genre fought and made for men and by men. There were so few women involved in making pornography. Uh, and then, then actually, I, I started to find some because I found this wonderful book by by a film professor called Linda Berkeley, uh, Linda Williams. She was a film professor at Berkeley, uh, and uh, in her book, she she talked about this other female director called Candida Royal. And when I started to watch her films, she started to make films already in the eighties. And it was just obvious to me that everything changed if you changed the perspective. She was telling mm-hmm. stories from a woman's point of view. And, and, mm-hmm. and for me, that was, that was kind of my, my, my big moment of, of understanding that pornography somehow is, is you know, it's media. And it, you can make that media with whatever values you have as a creator, as a person, the same way as when, when, when you write or when you, when you take pictures or when you paint uh, or, or whatever art you are making. Mm-hmm. You do that from your own point of view, from how you see the world with your visions. Uh, and and I think that at that moment it kind of started to have this this idea in my head. Imagine if I could do it differently. Imagine if I could mm-hmm. do you know a, a pornographic film, but with my values, from my perspective, with my with my sensibility, and uh, and 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 you know I I always loved the film. I, I wanted to be a filmmaker, but I just thought that it, it, it was not even possible for me to go down that road, you know, because I, I hadn't studied film. I didn't know how to make it. 
And that's mm-hmm. kind of the other part of the story because that's what, you know, what happened after. But it all started on this very brainy uh, feeling of there must be a way of changing pornography. Mm. And really interestingly, right at the beginning of that wonderful story, um, which I would just like to say thank you, feel very emotional, thank you for what you do. Um, you said, I, I was I was studying, or I'm, I'm rephrasing, paraphrasing, but I was studying and I was thinking about sex like most people. And I we're going to come back to this a bit later, but I think it's really interesting because I don't think women actually do often let themselves have the space to think about sex even today with the revolution that's happening and through the revolutions of the past and I think that sometimes us you and I are so far inside of it that we forget that women who aren't working in the field actually are really significantly shut down and I think one of the key ways that you potentially have made your work more um available to women and somehow accessible and destigmatized it and and taken away potentially some of the shame that could have been attached is that you talk about erotica rather than pornography and I wondered if you see them as two different things to me it sounds it has a very different impact on me and I wondered if you had some thoughts or feelings around that definitely I mean I, I think that what happens with the word porn is that most people, when they close their eyes and they think about porn, what they see in front of them is what the tube sites, the porn tube sites today are showing. That's what what they consider kind of porn. But actually, porn is just an expression for showing explicit sex, whether it's, you know, in films or photography. It's explicit and that's what, 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 what you know, what it entails when you talk about pornography. When you talk about eroticism or erotica, then I, I, I think that most people imagine something that is more about the mind somehow, that they imagine something that turns them on, that inspires them. Uh, and it, it doesn't have to be necessarily explicit. But then what I have been trying to do from the beginning, really, is kind of bringing these two worlds together because I am interested in the explicit part of sex. I think I think that it definitely turns you on watching people having sex. But I'm also very, very interested in the psychology that behind my characters. Who are these people? Why are they turned on by something or or by each other? What brings them together? Uh, what what are their desires? I want to kind of understand their 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 sexual journey uh, somehow so i think that 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 you can definitely uh, have them both together uh, working in a film and then what i've been working a lot with i said that that you know i i always loved film and i have become a filmmaker uh, during these years because it, it, it wasn't at all where I was coming from, you know, in the beginning. And when you go back and you see my early work, uh, I mean, technically, 
it lacks <laughs> some skills. You can see that, but the soul was always there, you know, and the and the will and the want of 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 showing my passion. But I've learned a lot during these years, and what I have also brought to my films is cinematography. And I think that that cinema is an excellent way of of uh, showing emotions and 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 using this this wonderful kind of language that is cinema it really can help to uh to 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 get people into the mood and especially when we when we're talking about women who many times feel that what they have seen on the porn tubes has very little to do with with aesthetics or with the kind of 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 erotica that they would like to watch mm. Mm. i think that also um i think that the word pornography has become associated with a more predatory type of filmmaking and the word erotica still has um I don't know a sprinkling of the goddess around it. You know, it's, it feels like a, an ancient word and a word that is steeped in 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 some more bohemian or spiritual um, kind of assets. You know, but then it also depends who you are talking to because then there are people thinking that erotica is more of you know a fluffy genre uh, where you know people are making love in front of the <laughs> chimney and the feathers and you know lots of silk and that kind of stuff. So I mean. It, champagne and chocolate and so it, it, it all depends on 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 the who you are and where you come from and how you kind of define these words right for sure and also one one of the things that I think is really important which we're going to again touch on later is this idea of um having uh allowing women to step into the fantasy and I think that you know why should we stay in in erotica if pornography as a, as a more um, aggressive word turns us on and i think the stigma and shame again attached to women and sex can be can, can we need to we need to smash all all of it one of the things that i when i was at university i was very interested i was actually writing my dissertation on um uh, herculin baban who was one of the first hermaphrodites and I got really interested in sex and pornography and I remember coming home to my, my late mother and saying that I was um I didn't understand why pornography wasn't banned. I went through a period where I thought that it should be banned. And my mother, clever Rosemary Brennan, said um it's about freedom of speech. That if we ban we mustn't ban anything. We mustn't ban anything because if we ban that, when if one day there's an extreme, uh, let's just say, right wing government in, they might ban something that we do, which we find acceptable. And I wondered for you, because you are an activist around pornography, where do you sit with that in terms of freedom of speech and what happens in the industry for and to women? Well, I, I, I definitely don't believe in censorship. Uh, I, I do think that it is a question of freedom of speech. But I also think that society has has changed very much the last uh, 15 years with internet coming into our lives uh, and the tube sites, the porn. I, when, when I talk about pornography, I talk a lot about, about the, the free tube sites of porn that's out there on the internet. Because if we're going to be completely honest, they have taken over 
so much of of what porn is today. I mean, yes, of course, I exist and and we are a few independent kind of pornography filmmakers out there in the world. But still, you know, we represent a little, little uh, piece, uh, a little scramble uh, if we think about the whole panorama. Uh, and I think it's important for people to understand how how it's kind of organized because most of these tube sites uh, they are owned by the same company. So actually, what is going on today? It's kind of a monopoly on pornography, mm. and mm. and at the same time, these tube sites they are having lots and lots of traffic. Uh, mm. We are talking about really, really big numbers. What what does that mean? Well, that means that they are becoming very influential. And what mm. is shown on them is what is becoming uh, the kind of the standard of pornography. And honestly, I think that we all know that uh, sex education is not what it should be mm. in our school systems, mm. in most mm. of the countries mm. out there. So what do young people do? Well, they do the obviously, they turn to internet, they turn to these free tube sites to learn about sex. Mm. And, and, mm. and I think that it's really, really important here uh, that we, adult people, that we communicate to younger generations that what they mm. see online on these tube sites, that it's a very exaggerated fiction. It's not the same mm. as sex. It's fiction done by professionals, professional actors mm. acting out certain situations uh, created by, by, by people who have decided what they want to watch. And, and, uh, <laughs> And, and really, I think that what we should do is that that pornor pornographic material should be behind paywalls. That's my my serious mm. opinion. I think that that would help a lot. That would help us to understand that that it is actually work, and that the the work conditions of the people involved making these kind of movies should be uh, respected and paid for and and, mm. and and valued. And I think that if you mm. just put them out there for free for everyone, then we are not really valuing that, that work. And we are not really, uh, we are just offering it up to everyone when we all agreed on that adult material should be for adults should be for people over 18. Yes, I mean, the accessibility to pornography, I remember the moment that it completely transformed. And interestingly, you were working before, I think it, it happened, it happened around the time of what we called the credit card boom, and then the subsequent crash in 2008. And lots of really dramatic kind of crumblings of industries happened around them. And pornography was one of the, the victims of it, where, where the regulations that almost had been set up by the people that were working in it, you know, it was very well regulated, better regulated. But also there was a level of understanding between people working in the films. And I think the, the, the internet changed things for everyone in so many industries in the film industry in general not just in the in the erotic and, and porn industry and, and today I think that they say 40 million Americans watch porn often through the tube channels online every day 
And 25% of search engine requests are related to, to, to sex. So it's clearly something that everybody really, really wants to talk about. No, and, um, and then, then it's, it's just understandable that we should talk about these images that, that are out there. What are they representing? What are they showing? Are there uh, systemic structures there? Uh, that we are not happy with. And honestly, I do feel that that is exactly what is happening. I feel that in most of these images that are presented to us, uh, we see a power imbalance between men and women. We see lots of sexist images where women are being used somehow to give pleasure, but it's not really about them and their stories. And that is something mm. that I would really like to change. I think it's, 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 it's a power there in making uh, alternative images where we see how people are relating to each other sexually. Uh, in, in, in a different way than just, you know, bam, 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 penetration, hard vaginal penetration for four minutes. And then she's supposed to come in this wonderful, explosive orgasm. And as a woman, you watch it and you just feel that is not real. That has nothing to do with, 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 with most women and, and how we actually, you know, orgasm. Uh, and, and, and I think that this is a message that is so important to get out there, especially to younger women, because I received so many emails from young women talking to me about that they believe that something is wrong with them because they've seen porn and they see how other women are working and they can not make it happen for them. And then many of these women, they tell me that when they are by themselves, with a sex toy, mm. for example, they have absolutely no problem to reach their own orgasm or to know how to satisfy themselves. But when they are together with a male partner, it seems like they they think that they are supposed to behave the same way as they have seen in porn. Mm. So there's a lack of freedom. One of the things that um, I recently just discovered was actually they did some MRI scanning. You'll know this already, but for those that are listening that don't, where... When a woman under an MRI, under an MRI, thought about a dildo and having pleasure with a dildo, the same parts of the brain were activated that were activated during foreplay. And foreplay, of course, I think actually for all humans, but particularly for women, is just so important. And I, I think this idea of being able to access fantasy and access what uh, those those images that we feel are not basically not ladylike is just really, really important. However, I would say that since you began your excellent work in 2004, there has been uh, a good counterbalance of work like yours in terms of bringing a more feminist and a female eye into the space. If we put aside the YouTube kind of disaster and, and, and look at the work that, you've, that you're doing... How has it been different for you? I, I would imagine that in some, way, in some ways, business-wise, it's harder. But have you felt that your your heart and your mind has been opened and it's growing, kind of feminist pornography from the female standpoint? 
Well, uh, I've been working very hard to bring in more and more women to this. And I have definitely seen the change since I started. Uh, the last, uh, I think last five years, we have started in our production company to, to produce and finance other directors' projects. And, uh, and I have been, you know, I have been really mentoring lots of new filmmakers who wanted to, to get into this genre and, and, and kind of dare to explore their erotic side and see what can they do. And in the end, I mean, for me, this is really the answer. I think that if we, if, if we, if we agree on that we like the idea of porn, but we want to, to, to change what's out there, because we don't really like the 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 systemic sexism that is going on. How are we gonna do this? The only way of doing that is really step behind the camera. Start, you know, start writing down our own fantasies. What do we want to see? Uh, in what kind of what kind of stories? How do we how do we want to live our sexuality? What do we want to focus on? And then start making those films. And I can I can honestly say that when I look at at all these wonderful films that we have made, uh I think that that it's pretty clear to anyone watching it that it is actually very very different from what we are used mm -hmm. to see on on these tube sites, you know, this kind of mass produced uh, porn. Mm. I mean, I, I I I enjoy pornography, but what I would say about your work is that I have a different response afterwards. It's very interesting. Some of the shame that is attached to. Uh, watching uh, normal straight pornography, whatever that means, is it, it, it goes when I when I see your work, and um, and it's why I send so many of our community to you if they want to explore pleasure. Obviously, the Happy Vagina is a is a significantly female strong community with about ten percent men who I love, and um, but <laughs> thank you all of you <laughs> that ten ten percent. <laughs> What what benefits do you feel there are for men in terms of a different gaze on, on erotica? And, and how, how are men going to really benefit from watching the type of pornography that you make, Erica? Well, I think there's lots of benefits. And let me also say, talking about men, that that I have lots of male followers and we have lots of, of, of men really uh, also enjoying this movement and, and this kind of film. So it's definitely not that what we are doing is a genre, you know, only for women. Uh, it's done mostly by women, but it's definitely for everyone. And I see in 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 the responses and the conversations that I'm having with men, I see a lot of them being very happy to at last have found uh, some films that they can actually, you know, watch together with their couples, with their wives or girlfriends or, and, and, and that they feel that they can share and they can, the films somehow help them to, to open up a conversation about sex because I see that there's lots of people uh, having having trouble or not being so used to actually talk about sex, to have conversations about their desires and what they like and what they don't like and 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 how and and I think that when they watch my films, uh, they get kind of to take part of how other 
people in the films, how these characters are tackling their sexuality, how they talk to each other about anything from from pleasure to desire to to boundaries, or how they talk about uh, you know the use of 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 uh, a condom, for example. That is still something today that many people are afraid of and don't know really how they can get it into you know the conversation uh, about around sex but 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 I mean it's so important the whole I think that the last years obviously we have started to talk about the importance of of conversations and about consent and about checking in with your partner and about an enthusiastic consent not just a, a, a no no kind of you know but 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 to actually having your partner saying yes I want to do this with you I'm happy I like this um mm. and um and 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 I think that for for men also being able to watch uh, the performers in in my films and how they relate to each other I think that that can really help them to see other other portraits of of masculinity mm, absolutely and also other ways of giving and 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 taking receiving uh pleasure if you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery think again juvederm volux xc is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime even better this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment no maintenance required improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with juvederm volux xc for important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you ready to pop the question the jewelers at blue have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds and they're ready to ship to your door go to blue and use promo code listen to get 50 dollars off your purchase of 500 or more that's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Uh, for you personally, your journey with pleasure, has it, was it significantly changed through coming to work in this in this industry or has it well i obviously there's been a journey i think that for for everyone there is and 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 uh, these kind of journeys are not really straight either i mean there's ups and downs and 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 i think that sex is 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 fluid and that it changes also during life uh i i also you know on 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 my personal journey i i became a mother uh twice i have two daughters and and, and, and that has also, you know, been a, a huge challenge to kind of rediscover my own sexuality after, you know, giving birth and, and trying to understand who I am and what I want and what changed and 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 to take kind of a control 
over over my own erotic being again because I I, I think that many women can identify with the feeling of you know becoming a mother and getting very much into kind of motherhood and and then starting to feel that am I just reduced to this now how how can mm. I kind of retake that power that I had when I was you know when I was younger and 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 more secure about myself and 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 oh my god my body changed what happens now am I a different person mm. or not you know it, it it's it mm. it is definitely challenging I just want to say that I haven't had children I and mean, your body changes anyway um and I think also but I love <laughs> I love what you're saying around you know, being a non-linear journey. And actually, one of the things that I've been thinking about recently is how um, sex, when we're teenagers, is so status-oriented. So there's this pressure on men, boys and girls, young adults, um, to somehow prove that they've done things and do things like like the the quality of curiosity which is something I'm really a big fan of like finding a quality of curiosity in everything we do in life it's just kind of taken away from you and we especially if you're sexualized quite young which is not everyone's story but a lot of people become sexually active at school before they actually know what they're doing and then for me it's like this kind of oh and then at some point you hit this wall where you realize you are having sex that actually is not that pleasurable and you need to relearn for yourself and and learn deeply what it is that you like for me that's been the biggest the most significant um learning over the last few years is that Pleasure starts with me deeply, deeply understanding what I like. And if I don't know what I like, then I can't teach someone else. What would, what would, what would, uh, you know, pleasure, what do you think pleasurable sex is, Erica? Oh, it's a, it's a difficult question to answer. What is pleasurable sex? Well, it's obviously sex that makes you feel good. But 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 then again, now when I say sex, not necessarily am I talking about uh, together with another person, not necessarily am I talking about penetration. I think that those things, people get very stuck with them. When you say the mm-hmm. word sex, they, that's kind of what they think, you know. And I, I, I really think that pleasure starts with, as you said, it starts with yourself. And if you listen to if you listen to 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 women's stories i made a wonderful uh, film uh, called the female pleasure circle where a group of women were telling kind of their pleasure stories you know how how did it started for them and most of these stories they have nothing to do with another person it's all about their experience with their own body and when the body kind of started to you know wake up whether it was on a bicycle or in you know the swimming pool with 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 the stream of water uh, I mean, uh, I, I I think that that what we all what what we all need to understand somehow is that maybe we we need to get rid of these ideas of performative images of sex, and we need to mm-hmm. you know take our time, uh, dance, listen to the music you like, you know, feel your body, get into the bathtub. Uh, you know, put on a mood, you know, that you like, light that you like, a candle or uh, incense or, you know, all these things that kind of help you to get into you, your mood and, and how you feel. And then I I always recommend people to, to um, 
to try out sex toys because I think there there's lots of really great sex toys that can help you to find your vibe and 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 your own experience and then uh, for people who are are telling me especially that I'm good with my toys but in my in my uh, my sexual relationship with my partner I, I I can't really find the same the same vibe I used to tell them bring your toy to 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 the sex with your couple and I'm seeing more and more men opening up to this idea because I think that many men have been very kind of afraid of 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 the toys like thinking mm-hmm. that that's that's the end for them and it doesn't definitely have to be the end for anyone it's just more pleasure for everyone absolutely absolutely do you so so i get the feeling that for you the the main block really for women to be liberated and i'm kind of generalizing but is the the myth of what a woman should look like in sex really um really kind of makes us in stasis and 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 creates a shame bubble of somewhere deep inside the subconscious we go well, we don't look like that so I'm just gonna like lie here and do nothing or whatever your version of that is and I was watching a film a little while ago it's a Danish film called Venus which I'm sure that you have seen it's a documentary with some quite young women talking about their journey with um, their own sexual development. And it's a very sweet documentary, but one of the women is saying that she is very sexually shy. She's 30, and when she's asked why, she said the Bible. She said that she uh, learned from the Bible at a very, very, very young age that that that, that sex was bad and dirty. And I wonder if that's something that you've looked at or you think about in your work, or are you much more in the present and just empowering women to find themselves hmm. no, uh, I mean I this idea of the bible it's, it's I mean it's a value that's out there in society whether you are you know strongly Christian or or not I think that 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 we all have somehow this this feeling that sex somehow is a little dirty that it's um uh, we are afraid of our of, of our own sexuality of our own perversions and I do think that if you uh, if you watch um, if you watch films, that that is really a way of helping you to understand and empathize with other people and understand mm-hmm. their sexualities and how they react. And I think that that can really help you to realize things about yourself. Yeah. Uh, and 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 I, I I see that as 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 very challenging also with my films because I try you know not to to get stuck into different genres. I represent a uh, lot of diverse people with different sexualities, different identities uh, coming together, you know, in in sexual experiences. And I'm 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 very extremely happy every time I I receive uh, the this kind of emails from people saying, hey, Erika, I thought that this was my sexuality, but then I watched this film and I realized that I was turned on by something that I would have never thought 
that was my thing. And this I is something that. this is something that I even hear, you know, by by lots of 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 uh, of heterosexual men actually that even yeah. have, you know, watched a, a film with two gay men and said and and you know have have written to me saying like I was always very afraid somehow of gay sex. I felt that yeah. if, if you are a heterosexual man, you cannot even watch it, you know? You should yeah. you should kind of just shy away the the faster, go away the fastest you can. But then I watched this film and I realized mm, this is this is a good story. This is interesting. I can actually be, you know, be okay with my own sexuality, but 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 understand that I can watch them together and I can feel turned on by it. It doesn't mean that I want to be them, mm. but it helps me to understand who they are and you mm. know. Well, actually, the the young woman that I just referenced in the documentary Venus, she 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 first started to become aroused or or, or awakened when she went to a club and and through the peephole saw two male friends of hers uh, actually engaging in sexual intercourse, and she found herself turned on by it. And I think that was a, sh- a shock for her. And you used the word perversion, and I think. Um, it's really a topic that I'd love to explore with you because I, there was a survey of like 42,000 people a couple of years ago and 61% of the women that were interviewed, and they were interviewed as like your films from every single... In fact, they, they, they interviewed men, women and, and non-binary, but I'm quite interested in women for this particular topic. Um and and 61% said that they'd had, well, I mean, the, the, the amount of women who've actually had fantasies was off the Richter scale. And then 61% had had a fantasy about being forced to have sex in some way. And I feel that this is a very potent area for women and for us to talk about. I was with a friend recently and she said to me, nobody would want to have their hand on, on a woman. No woman would really want to have a man's hand on their neck during sex and I I didn't engage in the conversation Erica because I didn't feel I felt I was okay for her to have her opinion it's not my opinion and 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 I and I didn't want to I wasn't in the mood for an argument um and there is also you don't always have to take an argument that's something that you also learn you know especially when you're an activist that sometimes you are just tired and you don't want to get into it it's well, she is also an activist and she she works in the field of um, violence against women and men. And I feel that this is actually a very important um, area because there's a very thin line between a, a sexually dominant relationship, whether your relationship be with a man, a woman or, or lots of people where it's your choice and, and fun and when it becomes something that, that, that you don't want. And I think the latter where it is seen as something aggressive and bullying, bullying at its best, violently wrong at its worst. You know, how do we encourage women to access that more? Because I, I, I think it's a missing strand of women's sexual fantasy. Mm. Well, honestly, I, I, I think there's a lot to learn from the kink community. I think there's a lot, a lot of lessons to learn from people practicing BDSM, knowing about how to have these kind of conversations, how to be very clear with their boundaries, uh, preparing also themselves for situations that might come up where you change your idea during the, the sex act, for example. 
uh, using you know words, safe words, etc., to to be clear and telling this is something that I want or this is something that I do not want. Um, but I I also see lots of of young women, especially struggling with uh, with with identifying as feminists but then also feeling that they would like to be submissive, that they have a submissive side that that they really would like to explore, but then they are afraid that if they go that way, that that would mean that they are not a real feminist. And and I think it's also very important to to uh, to explain that 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 feminism has nothing to do with your your sexual uh you know personality you can definitely be an activist believing in women's rights human rights that we all should have the same opportunities and and in 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 this world we live in and and recognizing that that there are power balances out there and wanting to change that and at the same time you can want uh, you 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 might want to have uh, a sex life of your own where you are together with someone who is more dominant. And those two things can go together. I think it's just really, really exciting that that's the way you see it and i and i and i hope that people listening to this will will take that on board because there is some scientific evidence to show that there is a direct correlation between pleasure and pain for women. And um we're talking about fantasy. You know, this is fantasy and actually, you know, some of this um, academic conversation in the head about whether I'm a feminist and stuff and, and whether this is wrong or right morally, you know, all of all of these things stop us from engaging with fantasy and fantasy doesn't even need to be played out in real life. Just to access it in your brain can be enough, you know, and also I it's a very touchy subject pardon the pun, um, but I think fantasy helps with orgasm. And I think that in, in terms of women, and I, there are a lot of women who really are struggling to achieve climax. And I think that somehow there's, there's something to unlock in one's brain to give you the freedom to reach it, potentially, as long as there's nothing physical wrong. Would you, would you agree with that? Uh, the, yes, I, I do agree with that. But I also think that there's a lack of education here really for people. I think that, that we there are still so many women out there thinking that you should be able to orgasm just from vaginal penetration. And honestly, uh, research really shows that what most women need is clitoral stimulation. And I, I think we have, um, you know, an, an education gap there, pleasure gap. Uh, we, mm. we have a, a situation where we're just kind of this really basic information is not, uh, it's not known in a, yes. you know, in a greater scale. And I think that if, if, if we would just kind of get those ideas out there, I think that lots of people would, would kind of start to understand what's going on with them and, yes. not, and not feeling that, that, that there's something wrong with them. But then, yes. but then of course, I mean, <sighs> and porn is probably also, uh, you know, the, the, 
has has played a role here because porn somehow has made people believe that orgasm is always the end of mm. of sex somehow and i think that we also need to get a little rid of that idea it doesn't have to be the end of sex mm. uh, and and uh, you know we have to kind of to 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 deconstruct the the structure of how sex has to happen you know kind of okay so first the foreplay and then there will be you know a, a blowjob and there will be conilingus and oh. then we will do this kind of penetration and then we will do you know we will turn around and then we will be this and then you know he will come and that will end everything it's not you know this is a porn formula on many of the of the tube sites that are out there but it's not necessarily the formula I'm, I'm not saying that it could be the formula, but it's not necessarily the formula that will work for you. Well, interestingly, I don't think it's just the porn formula. I think it's all feel. I mean, obviously, um, you know, uh, blowjobs don't happen in, 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 in Hollywood movies, but actually... The truth <laughs> is, not yet. <laughs> might be Some, sometimes, sometimes they simulate a little, you see, kind of going down yeah. and then... But this formula is not just when we don't just learn that 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 through porn. We learn it through we learn it through the through the through the movies as well. You know, there's kissing, which is their version of the foreplay. Actually, you know, so pornography you may get one second, thirty seconds of foreplay (laughs) before we move straight to penetration. Um, So I think that that Hollywood has a a big part in it as well. If you were going to give somebody. I love what you said about taking the focus off of the orgasm and the climax. And if you were going to give a kind of a suggestion or a tip to a woman who was struggling with her, with that as being a dialogue in her head, I think it can be very bad for one's mental health. What would be your suggestion? Not not physical, as in not go and have the bath. You, you know, some of the amazing things you said already, but do you have any tips on how to manage one's mental health around potentially the feelings of failure? Mm. Well, I, I mean, my, my biggest tip would kind of be not to do it in front of someone else. I would, I would say stay yourself, you know, by, by, by create your own little world and, and try to make it happen in your world. Because if you have audience, then it will probably be more difficult. Very difficult. It's very difficult. Erica, I just find your work so amazing. Before we come to an end, I just wondered if there was a moment that you can remember in your life that you that was really significantly a game-changing moment. We've touched on so much, and of course, becoming the filmmaker that you are is one. But was there anything else more personal that really transformed your being? Yes, definitely. I, For me, something happened uh, when I was younger, and it was when I discovered Barcelona. For me, this changed when I decided to move down to Barcelona. I I think I became myself in that moment. I think that I was really, you know, searching for myself, feeling somehow that I I I hadn't really found who I wanted to be, or 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 somehow. Uh, I mean, people are always when they t- when they talk about Sweden and they think about Sweden, they think of of, of a very open liberal. 
uh, yeah. society. So I, I guess what I'm saying somehow is shocking to people, you know. But 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 Sweden is also kind of a a, a mixed society somehow. There is this feeling of of I don't know if you watched the movie Fanny and Alexander uh, of Ingmar Bergman showing you know these two very different worlds: the more Puritan uh, world and the more liberal open world. And I think that those are 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 definitely going on at the same time in Swedish culture and and uh, I know that lots of people probably know what jantelagen is this kind of lay that is is that exists in Swedish society and that has to do with do not think that you are too much do, do not think that you are more important than other people etc it kind of puts you down a little and I think that I always had in, in in Sweden growing up, I always kind of had this feeling that I I wanted very much and I want I, I was kind of, you know, a, a hungry person and somehow I was always a little kind of put down, you know. People were saying don't be too much, don't be you know, don't be too red, be more beige or or grey or you know. <laughs> and I think it's interesting. When I when I came down to Barcelona I kind of uh I let myself out of of that of that self uh self-control somehow because it, it was it was it was me many times you know controlling myself don't laugh too loud don't you know dance too much don't be too wild and and in Barcelona I felt that I really found um, a society uh, a very cosmopolitan liberal open society with lots of people from different cultures and lots of people from different uh, kind of uh, identities that had already kind of dealt with who they wanted to be. And for mm. me, that really helped me to get out of of, uh, of my cage and, mm. and to dare to become the Erika Lust that I now am. <laughs> I think Sweden does. It's interesting. That is one of the things that I'd really hoped we'd touch on because Sweden has a great reputation, and I and and I and I don't know if it's a myth or not. And you've just touched on it for having equality for men and women that you don't really have in other countries. However, there is something about it that is very clean, very clean, and 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 doesn't have a bohemian spirit to it. Really, um, being Swedish ancestry myself, whereas Barcelona is, as you just said. And the word that I love at the moment is wild. Wild. It's a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful world. Anything can, anything goes in Barcelona. Also very cosmopolitan, she said. Erica, just to end, if there's any younger women or any women of any age listening who would like to follow in your steps and join the revolution of making erotic and pornographic film or audio, how would they start? Uh, well, it depends a little on where you are and what you have done, obviously. If you are already a filmmaker, uh, I have opportunities because I have an open call out there. Uh, 
always uh, you know and people are sending lots of projects and we are reading them and we are responding and I if you have an idea for a film maybe I can make it happen if you want to you know to to uh, to get into kind of the community and see well, what what is going on and 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 what are other people doing I can totally recommend xconfessions.com uh, that is you know this 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 site uh, that I created a few years ago where people are sending in their anonymous Uh, fantasies, sex stories, things they have done or they want to do or perversions or, you know, uh, situations. And then what I do together with this wonderful team of filmmakers that I have is that we pick the stories we like the most and we make films out of them. So mm. uh, one thing uh, that I can recommend if you if if you want to, you know, get started is tell me your story and let's see if we can make a film out of it. Oh, I love that. I'm going straight to my desk to write some for you. <laughs> Erica, thank you so much for joining us on The Happy Vagina today. It's been an honour to chat to you. And uh, more happy vaginas. That's what we need in the world. <laughs> <laughs> more happy vaginas. Thank you. Thank you very much. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.